We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, as always, with my good buddy Dan. Dan, you held down the fort for a week. I was gone. You did more than all it down. You did an amazing interview with Kyrie Shelton. Oh, well, thank you. This is my podcast now, so I'm going to start doing the intros and all that stuff. I'm going to be the straight guy. You know what I mean? I'm going to make it, uh, make sure this thing runs smoothly. There you go. All right. Well, the rain's over to you. Um, what do you listen to? You? You're not even happy to be here. You sound all like oh, uh, I'm tired. You sound washed out. A week, a week of uh, being in Disney World, seven straight park days is a lot. Oh, it was How? fun, but my uh, my Apple Watch, uh, I was tracking my steps and everything. Uh, we were averaging ten miles per day of walking oh, around, man. and about like twenty-two thousand steps per day. Let's see, so. Let's see. I like to work out every day, but when we went to Disney, we did 30 minutes of yoga in the morning. Yeah, like we were just like, smart. no, no strong workouts, no cardio, no weights. Like we're yeah. stretching out. Well, and it didn't help that I mean, this was the only time we were able to go, so I'm I'm not complaining, and you know, yeah. I was I'm very glad that we were able to go, and, and fortunate that we were able to go with family and whatnot. But um, do not recommend going in July. It was 8,000 degrees. Oh, the heat. It, I mean, it felt like we were walking on the surface of the sun. <laughs> There's <laughs> no shade will anywhere. Be walking on the sun. I mean, I had I had all this this these plans. I was I had a whole note in my phone of like these are all the snacks I want to try at all the different parks. <laughs> these are all the different things I want to drink in Epcot. The snack notes. Like these. Oh, I was all on it. And then I got oh, there man. and I was like, nothing sounds worse than eating snacks right now because it's 110 <laughs> degrees with the heat index. I had a couple of drinks here and there, but like even I was like, I just need to chug water constantly because it was so hot. We were with children, yeah. Are they behaved children or do they drive you crazy? No, they were good, actually. It was oh, fun. Nice. And it was the, a lot of their uh, first times on roller coasters, and turns out they love them. So, right, able okay. to go on, you know, basically everything that they were allowed to in terms of height restrictions. They love Disney coasters. You know, then they go to Schlitterbahn, get their goddamn heads chopped off. Well, okay. Yeah, probably okay. not going to do that. So, oh, sorry. but but they did, you know, um, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Splash oh, yeah. Mountain, like all, you know, any anything like that. They were they were all about. So, Big Thunder Mountain. Out. So all all good. 
Well, I made sure to bug you every day. I was like, hey, tell me what you've been doing. Tell me what's been your favorite. I know it's your first time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It was my first time going. I'd never been. And so I'd, heard, I'd seen people be like, that's make wild. sure you have a uh, a break day in the middle. And I was like, nah, we got to go. Got to go hard every day so we can hit everything we want to do. And we did basically everything we wanted to do. There's not a ride that I wanted to go on we didn't get to go on. And cool. I had watched so many videos and learned so many tricks about Genie Plus Literally yep. the longest line we waited in the entire time was 30 minutes. And it was only one time that we did that. And it was for yeah, like the freaking Aladdin magic carpet ride in Magic Kingdom. Which is not a must ride. That's not, not on the top of anyone's list no. unless you have children. Well, the children wanted to ride it. And we had a little exactly. bit of time before our next lightning lane. So that was what we did. And it, it took longer than it should have. But That's wild. See, I've been four times to those parks down there in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy that you are, you know... 30 years old and you've never mm-hmm. been almost 33 and yeah my but first you, time so i guess you grew up near disneyland i've kinda, gone so yeah i've gone to disneyland dozens that was of your times. world's of fun disneyland was see well, I, I'm, a, I'm a world's of fun professional it's a, it's a little better than world's fun <laughs> of course i'm being better. honest <laughs> but I'm, i was stuck with what i had man i had to ride the timber wolf t- till it gives me freaking paralysis you know right yeah no I, I i had been to disneyland probably a handful of times throughout my childhood and then when when i got into college uh, some friends and I got Disneyland annual passes, and so then we would just go, you know, once a month or a couple times a month, you know, for however many hours, just go hang out in Disneyland or California Adventure, and got to see it sort of evolve over the the, uh, the number of years, and so huh. that's pretty cool. So I, I've, you know, I can navigate Disneyland, you know, like the back of my hand. I know where all the bathrooms are without a map and everything. <laughs> so that that was what was a little weird. It was like sort of like an uncanny valley experience walking into the Magic Kingdom at Disney World and being like. Everything's almost familiar, but also it's just a little bit off. So yeah. it was kind uh, of the same, but not really. Right, but but it was it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Guardians of the Galaxy, very cool. Enjoyed Disney, that. Disneyland has that feel where you could you could go back multiple times. Disney World, you need to go take a break yes. and then like go back again in years down the road. Yes, I'm pretty wild. I'm, I, I very much enjoyed Disney World. And the thought of going back there right now makes me entirely exhausted. That's you know, if you live there, then you get that season pass, sure. annual pass, and and you know, just hit one park every so right. often. You don't got to do all four, but when you're from Kansas, you got to rock all four, man. You got to go. You got to go all four. To the wall and exhaust. You got to be there at rope drop in the morning because you know. That's and fun, we were right? we were staying on property, and so when you're staying on property, you get an Me? extra thirty minutes in the morning, so you can I get in there. You didn't. No, we stayed on property. Where'd you stay? Well, that was the story. We were supposed to stay in Old Key West, which is a, uh-huh. a resort there. And uh, we're sitting on our plane in Atlanta, where our layover was, and they called us and said, oh, by the way, your reservation for Old Key West has been canceled. We have a, a, a maintenance issue in your room. So uh, we're trying to find you another hotel. So then they moved us to the Saratoga Springs Resort okay. there. And I mean, it's basically huh. the same sort of deal, just a different theme. So we stayed at Saratoga Springs. But when you stay... In a Disney World hotel on property, you get an extra 30 minutes in the morning before they open the park to everybody else, which does not sound like a lot. You're like, what are you going to do in 30 minutes? Let me tell you, when you get there and you rope drop 30 minutes, you can get one big ride done and get in line for another one before the park opens. So you get through, like we we stood in line, we went to Epcot, we uh, got in line for Ratatouille in the morning, stood in line for 15 minutes. By the time we were out of that thing, the line was 75 minutes long. Ratatouille was still under the uh, 
the queue thing, the uh, the virtual reservation. Queue. Yeah, the virtual queue. Yeah. So we, you know, I, I figured you would have rope dropped Frozen, man, because that we had a lightning lane for ride. Frozen. We did a lightning lane for Frozen at like yeah. ten, and then we did a um, went in and rope dropped Ratatouille, then got some breakfast in France. You know, had a nice leisurely pastry on ho ho, and then. Uh, <laughs> Went over to uh, to Norway, rode some frozen, got some uh, some Viking coffee, as they call it. Let so, it go, man. Good times. Good yeah, times. It was fun. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. I, I, I saw Drake. He asked if I wrote it and what my favorite song was. Wrote it three times. Three times I wrote it. Uh, there's a, a selection of songs. Hmm. So uh, I got uh, I Ran So Far Away by A Flock of Seagulls. That was the first one I got. And then we got Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Tears for Fears, and then uh, One Way or Another. I'm blanking on who sings that, but uh, okay. they're all good, all different. They give a different vibe every time. But man, that ride, I'm not going to spoil it. And I know it's we've like, gone uh, on a long time about Disney, but yeah. I did not know what to expect for that ride. And uh, riding that, having no spoilers or, or no expectation, was one of the coolest ride experiences I've ever had. Well, your face in that picture you posted, that's not a real face, by the way. That is absolutely People, a real face. Humans don't make that face. <laughs> it was very weird. And, it uh, was I'm weird. Glad you, glad you put that out there. I it still don't know. be your LinkedIn picture. I don't know what I was looking at, but that ride's so crazy that I was just like, that was my honest-to-God reaction of like, what is happening? That's so, funny. It's fun. Good times, man. Good times. Well, you know, I'm glad you got to listen to the, the Kyrie interview last week. We got to kind of... Uh, debrief on that i got to slam a, a pretty negative review without you um, <laughs> oh there's more don't solo worry. rant so yeah. uh yeah good stuff, well man. it was good Kyrie was great I, I was uh hoping that after he came on the podcast he'd get his first goal which he did not get but he did get his first assist so he got on the score sheet and uh i think you got to take credit for it yeah oh absolutely um you know when we were off the podcast i was kind of mentioned um Afterwards, we kind of talked for a good five, ten minutes afterwards. Oh, yeah? And I was just like, you know, I, I said over uh, – it's kind of a different dynamic. I, I asked at the beginning, by the way. I said, do you I said, are you aware of what No Other Pod is? Do you know about us? And he kind of shakes his head, and I was like, totally cool. Totally no, cool. No, it's fine. It's, it's cool. I wasn't, you know, I'm not hurt. I'm not I didn't sad. think you did. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I, I said, so we're, you know, very much fan-centric podcast. We don't so much care about, like – the players attributes and and stats and stuff we care right. about you man we care right. you know we want to talk about you and uh at the end we talked a lot about uh social media being toxic mm-hmm. uh twitter being a huge one yep uh he mentioned how he misses vine i said yeah we're probably too old for tiktok and our parents have ruined facebook so there's that <laughs> uh but we uh i told him what section i sit in and i said and you watch from the press box because you do uh I said, you've probably seen him in the locker room after games. So, yeah. And he goes, you're okay, you're in that section? He's like, I'll, I'll come stop by the next home game. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he remembers. And I go, well, you'll probably score that game, bro. And he goes, well, maybe you'll finally get my jersey. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but he's not wearing that large. Not wearing that. Hey, I'll, I will squeeze into that bitch. I will fast. <laughs> I'll get it done. No, I was uh, dying on that segment. That was so funny. So funny, dude. Just a really cool guy, really opened up with me. And, uh, you know, afterwards he said to me uh, that he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't usually like to do things like this. He's like, I'm very much an introvert, uh, you know, kind of shy or whatever. And that kind of comes off, right? He's all business, doesn't really do a lot of talking. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, me too, man. I said, that's why I like doing this podcast. It's kind of an outlet for me. And 
I'm glad we could bring that out in each other today. So yeah, needless awesome. to say, we're best friends. Uh, probably getting a <laughs> probably getting a timeshare. I don't know. Yeah, you're gonna go to Disney together. Probably going to it's Disney. Fine. I don't know. Uh, anyways, yeah. And then we cool. uh, oh, we got a new review. Do we want to read that? No, we did. Oh, sure. Let's read it. We say we'll read, read, read it, good or bad. Uh, you want to read it? Go for it. I got I got it up. We had we actually had a second one that was good that has since disappeared. So I'm yeah. sad about that, but we did have a good one too. So maybe it'll pop back up for next week. This one's good in a different sense. Uh, well, it depends <laughs> on your perspective. First of all, first of all, I just want to preface this with saying <laughs> I'm gonna die, dude. I'm dying. I want to preface this by saying we aren't bringing politics into anything no but putting vote yes on august 2nd into your podcast review t- headline right is uh absolutely bringing politics into it so uh sure that's no that's my favorite thing people get mad yeah. about politics but they're only mad that they disagree with your politics yes but uh you know you want to make this big stance but by all means have your username be a million question marks and hide behind it you know i, I don't want to i don't want to be myself because i know i'm being wrong so i'm gonna hide behind this fake username right yeah whatever fuck them uh (laughs) here it is we read them all good or bad don't give a shit all of you can laugh at this person Mm -hmm. vote yes on august 2nd that's one star that's the title of their uh review editor's note do not vote yes on august 2nd (laughs) yeah (laughs) vote vote no this person's just saying like uh women hate them don't care about them hate them uh, saddens me you brought politics into this otherwise awesome podcast. <clears throat> Fuck yourself. Thank you. <laughs> abortion is not abortion is not freedom. Mm. Killing someone because they are an inconvenience is a travesty. Mm. Hope you guys can open yourselves to see the truth. I can only assume the truth is their good Lord Jesus Christ. Probably. Uh, other than that, it's been a good time listening to y'all. I hope <laughs> it goes well for you. Yeah. You know what? It's going really well. Things are great, buddy. When you're famous like this, you get hate. This is what happens. Famous, okay. It's yeah. uh, it is interesting that it seems like in the last couple of weeks we've had an influx of people who are not aware that there's a fast forward button in their podcast if they don't <laughs> want to listen to something. So, you know, little insider tip: just hit that plus thirty and you're good. Uh, but that's I I I don't want to go on this forever. But uh, all I'll say is. People who say don't bring politics into something are inherently bringing politics into something because you're just mad that somebody is voicing an opinion that's different than yours. And you don't actually care because, as you said in their review title, they voice their own political opinion. And you know what? You and I don't get paid for this. You and I do this because it's fun. We enjoy connecting with fans. We enjoy uh, talking about Sporting KC and being a part of a larger community. Uh, But you know what? This is our own podcast, and we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about. If we want to talk about Disney World for 10, 15 minutes, we'll do that. If we want to talk about what we think when somebody's trying to take away the basic human rights of women and people who can get pregnant and, and healthcare decisions that should be up to the individual person, we get to talk about that because, you know what, it affects all of us, and it affects people who listen to this podcast, and it affects people who work for the clubs that we support, who play for the clubs that we support, so you can get the hell out of here with your keep your politics out of sports because sports are inherently political and if you don't know that you haven't been paying attention so <laughs> i'm over to it sports my man stick my, to it i mean get over it you need your safe space so bad oh poor you, you and ronda santis go have a good time together i don't care it's all right 
because I'm not crying over it, but we've clearly made this person cry. Miss, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mrs. Nine, 9,000 question marks as a right. username. They're just so, so <laughs> sensitive. They can't, they can't bear to handle somebody voicing an opinion that's different than, different than theirs. And yeah, so they're going to unsubscribe. First, you know, yeah. The first person to be like, uh, oh my gosh, you can't handle different opinions. And it's like, well, I don't know if you can. So it's fun listening to Joe Rogan. So <laughs> I just, anyway. Let's uh, let's there move on to something that's that's more. I don't, I don't like that you're sick right now because I feel like your <laughs> I feel like your rant would have been a lot better. Um, feel like it would have been a little more spicy, but you're sick and it's not as good. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that's okay. I, I you had more. You have more to give. I here's the thing. I'm 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 genuinely tired of people doing the the stick to sports thing. Like I thought that was right. a meme that we were past. Like, what are, are we? We're still doing this. You did it with with Kaepernick when he took a knee. You did it with the black players for change stuff. You do it with the LGBTQ plus stuff. You do it. You do it with everything. You don't do it when we sing the national anthem before every goddamn game. You don't do it when there's military planes flying over. You don't do it at the salute to service nights, which I'm glad they do. They should be saluted. Like it's, I'm not in the military, so I, but like, it's a selective thing. And saying stick to sports and saying don't be political is inherently a political opinion. And saying don't talk about the 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 rights that are being taken away from from women and people who can get pregnant right now is inherently a political thing. You can't just decide that you want to pick and choose when you want to be political and not. That's not how it works. You want, me, you want me to piss people off real quick? You ready? I, we already have, so. When the national anthem's played, I try to be taking a piss at that time. <laughs> <laughs> saluting, saluting my own flag in there, baby. Uh, <laughs> one time one time I didn't time it well enough, and I was like, ah, shit, I'm going to walk out of the bathroom, and I'll have to, like, stop on the concourse like the, you know, freaking lemmings that we are. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I it makes sense at national team games. It makes sense, you know, yeah. but we're, we're the only country that does it. And it, it's just, it's, it's only a thing because it's a thing. Well, and, let's get a new national anthem. Let's get more of a bop and we can freaking jam out to it. I mean, if because we played right now, I'm just, I just feel sad. It's not really boppy. If we played party in the USA before every game, I'd be all for <gasps> it. Oh my God. I put my hands up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. So that's not a bad idea. It's uh, I just, I don't know. And then it's whatever. I'm I'm just over people. It's it, it, I mean, face. They're they're just not self-aware memes of themselves at this point, and they're literally putting fake names. And so I don't even care anymore. If you're gonna be brave enough to put a review like that, then put oh, your dude. real name on it. Coward. That's a coward move. Put your real name on it, and I'll be like, cool. You're a bad person there, Ronald. You know, but whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Move it on. But I do want to talk about this uh, this game. Uh, against Montreal because this was a huge Ooh. road win, even though it was uh, against an Eastern Conference opponent. But didn't matter; they're a decent team. They are a decent team. Uh, we did get a little bit of a news drop before the game happened, and this made me sad on a personal level because uh, we were we had a budding friendship with this man. Uh, but they did uh, drop the news that I I can't say it's entirely unsurprising necessarily, given how things were going, but. Uh, Sporting KC and forward Nikola Voinovich had mutually agreed to terminate the contract terms. Um, so that means uh, he is no longer on Sporting KC. Uh, the 25-year-old is going to, I presume, return back to uh, his, his team in Serbia uh, because uh, he was on loan with an option to buy at the end of the year. He had his one goal in the U.S. Open Cup, and then he came on our podcast, and, and we had a great time with him after that. He seems like a really fun, nice guy. Um but he hadn't played in a couple of months. He had a hamstring injury, I think it was, that uh, sort of lingered and, and then apparently seemed like it was getting 
better in time for him to play anytime soon. And so I don't get the feeling that this was anything like there was no animosity or anything between the two sides. And it wasn't like sporting was like, Oh, you're bad. You're out of here. And he wasn't like, you're not playing me. Get me out of here. It was just like, uh, well, you're on loan and the way your injury is, you're probably not going to be able to play much anymore. So what if we just send you back to your club and, and you can train and, and rehab there and, and we'll get our international roster spot back. And, and it's kind of sad, but I guess it's just business. Yeah, it's just business, and it just makes sense. Um, it, it is sad to not know, you know, not know much more about his play. Uh, yeah. If he was healthy, I assume maybe we would have seen, you know, a different kind of rotation in there, uh, and not have to work Kyrie as hard. Um, I don't know, man. Hey, hey, what do you think about uh, Kyrie saying he prefers that he really likes playing number nine? I mean, I don't. I'm not surprised. Um, I think his best position is on the wing, but he's not going to overtake Johnny Russell. Um, and you know, he kind of got his assist this weekend, sort of playing in that wing position at the time. Um, but let's be honest, Voltaire really hustled some butt to get to that ball. He did. And, you know, but it was good cutback pass from Kyrie too. So I think it might've been aimed at, uh, Shallowy, but regardless, Shallowy was past it, and Voltaire really sped in there to get get on it. But uh, yeah, I, I like uh, I don't know, man. I like Kyrie in the roster altogether, and uh, I know he gets a lot of hate, but I, I think he's one of the hardest workers on the team. Yeah, and I mean it's um, it's tough because I don't. I'm not surprised that he said he likes playing the number nine because clearly that's where he's going to get his most minutes right now. So it'd be weird if he came out and was like, I don't actually like it. Right, because <laughs> um, he doesn't want to like openly defy where Peter has him playing right now. I do think exactly. Kyrie is the easy target for people to pick on right now, and I'm not trying to sit here and say that all of the criticism of him is entirely unjustified. Because when you have a striker who's played that many minutes and there is no goals or assists, like yeah, there's some red flags there that you want to try to figure out why. But that's not all. That's not entirely on him. That's on the midfield. That's on the entire offense as a whole. That's on. You know, our offense in general has basically been get it to Johnny or Daniel and hope they can do something. And when Roger scored his goal that we'll talk about here in a little bit, that was like the last four goals at that point that Sporting KC had scored in MLS play had been from outside the box. And that's because they're not creating quality chances inside the box. Occasionally they get one and, you know, Kyrie missed a header. And, and so, I, again, I'm not saying that he's without, you know, that's fine. S- criticism. But And take the shots. Keep taking them from outside the box. If that's your, your bunnies, then take them. Yeah, I mean, it's not sustainable, probably, to, to only score from outside the box, but it's... Uh, this year, it might be. Th- I mean, I truly think that a big part of the problem as, as to why SKC can't play up the middle and are only playing on the sides is we have no real, solid, creative number 10. We have no starting caliber number six that can consistently play number six and connect the back line to the offense in a way that Ilya could at his best or that Uri used to be able to or that less all-star Ilya Sanchez right and (laughs) I know people it's easy to look back at that now and be like why did we let him go and if and if we knew the only alternative was Uri in his current form then yeah I probably would have been like you got to figure out something with Ilya but let's not pretend last year that Ilya was the Ilya that he is right now or that we used to know. There were plenty of people last year, people who are critical of letting him go now, 
who were vocal on Twitter saying, Ilya, he he doesn't look like he has it anymore. And he was on a million-plus-dollar contract, I think, which he wasn't giving million-plus-dollar production last year. Um, And it's just in a different system now. He plays in a different system, so he might not fit in the Sporting KC system at his current age and athleticism, and he might fit better in the LA. He's got a much better team around him at LAFC. It's a lot easier to look good when you got people like Carlos Vela and then you're just bringing in Gareth Bale for fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Just just for fun. No big deal. So, I do think if we had a better number six, which is my still my A number one priority, if we were to get a third signing this transfer window, and if we had somebody who could be a little bit more creative in the midfield, maybe that's Eric Tommy coming in and uh, could sort of play that number 10 in a way that we're missing Gadi Kinda. Those two positions really could open up the attack in a way that was similar to when Sporting KC actually set their single-season club goal-scoring record with guess who was primarily starting at striker that year? Kyrie Shelton. Yeah. And he still wasn't scoring tons of goals, but that wasn't asked of him. He was creating the space and using his size to create space for Johnny Russell, for Felipe Gutierrez, for the midfielders who could come in and score. And it was... It wasn't needed. We just don't have that team around him right now. So. True, because we're you know we're having to rock with a uh, you know Felipe Gutierrez and uh, you know Cam Duke from time to time. You know Felipe oh, Hernandez. Sorry. Hernandez. Yeah. yeah. I'm Too many Felipe. Stuck in 2019 <laughs> over here or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. So it's uh, it's tough. I mean, hopefully. William Agata can come in at center forward and push Kyrie. I don't know. I don't care if it's Kyrie or Agata who ends up really solidifying themselves in that position. I just yeah. want competition there to be able to push him. Um, same thing with Eric Tommy. I don't care if he plays at the 10. I don't care if he pushes Daniel on the left wing. I don't care if you play Kyrie or Agata as sort of a two-striker system. Like, just try something. Maybe we go to a 4-4-2 and have Kyrie and Agata up top and then have, you know... Uh, uh, Felipe and uh, Remy as two midfielders and Johnny and Daniel on the outside and then a back four. I don't know. But the problem is we just haven't been able to get these reinforcements in because of immigration issues. And it sounds like at least as of Tuesday that those are progressing closer to them being able to actually get here. Hmm. But at this point, it sucks. But like, there truly just isn't a lot of options for Peter Vermees right now. True. So. And you can tell, though, Peter kind of rotated the lineup a little bit this week while starting uh, Uri and uh, then subbing Felipe on for him and then mm-hmm. started Roger but subbed Cam Duke on for him. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Sweat, Caden Pierre. Yeah, Ben Sweat in there. And, uh, no Zussi yet coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. But Caden uh, Pierre is just a fast son of a gun, I tell you. I that. like him. But then something Peter hasn't had to do in previous years is subbing on a defender for a winger when he took mm-hmm. Johnny out at the very end to really try to protect that lead. And that's such a desperation coach move now, but it's like needed. It's necessary this season. You got to protect the points, you know? Right. I mean, and, and he it got to, a, to do that. No, he didn't. And, and I don't blame him for doing it. And, and, you know, I think no. that's the first time we've seen Volater since in a while. Um, I don't remember the last time we saw him, but, but it's been a minute since Volater has been in the game. Um, so I don't hate getting him just some minutes, but you know, this game, you know, the lineup comes out and, and my first thought, I was like, okay, buckle up. Like, we don't know. We got Caden Pierre and Ben Sweat at, at fullbacks, which 
I trust Caden Pierre, honestly, at this point more than I trust Ben Sweat. And it's nothing against Sweat personally. It's just he's coming off of a couple of serious injuries. And, and I just he seems to get beat at times and turned around and overcommits. And uh, that happened a couple of times in this game. And he just makes me nervous. And, and Uri, back at the number six, makes me nervous. We miss Buzio. We miss uh, Ilya. We miss somebody who can be you know, a, a, a more consistent presence there. Remy Voltaire probably our best number six but that's not his best spot and sometimes we need him at the eight or the ten so it's you know it's just tough this i was a little nervous when i saw the lineup and you know in the whatever it was 13th minute um it was sort of more of the same that we've seen from sporting kc before and again just talking about him ben sweat overcommits a couple of times gets beat on the right side by montreal they send a cross in Finds the back post. Um, Ilya and Caden Pierre, not Ilya, uh, EC and and Caden Pierre uh, kind of get their wires crossed, and uh, nobody really picks up Romel Kyoto, who has a free header, and it's just back of the net in the 13th minute, 1 0. And it just was like, again, a header, back line, discombobulated. And, and at that point, I was frustrated, but I don't think there's, you know, a bunch. It's not entirely untrue that, like, we might need to fundamentally look at the makeup of this back line next year and figure out who's worth keeping and who's not. Well, that feels a little dramatic. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm going to slap uh, you. Do we like Kyoto? <laughs> we don't like Kyoto, right? Like, if, I if don't like a, him. If there's a dust-up on the field, why is he the first one in the referee's ear? Why is he the first one over there like causing a ruckus? It, it made it so much sweeter. When Roger just took the frickin' ball from him <laughs> and jacked that long-distance goal. I mean, I just, yeah. it felt so good because I really can't stand the guy. Uh, wasn't he with, was he with San Jose for a bit? Uh, was he? Or I know he was with Houston for quite a long time. Was it Houston? Yeah, it was him and Albert Elise who uh, always sort of just were really annoying when they were together in, uh, in, in Houston. Yeah, he played with Houston from 2017 Houston, okay. to 2019. Houston it was, and, and Espinosa probably knows him. I mean, he, they were in the Honduras, Honduras national uh, mm-hmm. uh, together, national team, So, mm-hmm. but uh, which makes it that much sweeter that Roger took the damn thing <laughs> and did the damn thing. It was amazing. That was pretty incredible. 29th minute, Roger Espinosa, uh, he blocks what was an attempted switch from Romel yeah. Kyoto. I mean, this, this is, you want to talk about hustle play, individual effort. This play might have been one of the greatest individual plays I've seen from a Sporting KC player it's in like my time. It's like causing a fumble and then recovering the fumble and scoring. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it felt. Roger, he, he blocks it. Then uh, Kyoto is, is a little bit lackadaisical when he's trying to recover the ball. And, and, and Roger is able to get there at, uh, at about midfield and, uh, and steals the ball again. And he takes uh, one touch and then sees that the, uh, the keeper for Montreal is off his line and he, from 44 yards out 44 yards out fires this one just barely over the fingertip of the outstretched Montreal keeper this wasn't like a, a typical chip because a typical chip you know it's a little bit more of a rainbow arc sure this one he just it was perfectly weighted just like oh, literally yeah. inches over the outstretched arm right into it the had back to be of the net. it was too far away you right know, a chip would be like 
right outside the box. This was right past midfield. <laughs> right. That's And that's one of the problems when, when people try to chip from this distance and it's a little too high. It gives the keeper too much time to get under it and recover or whatnot. He just... Yeah. Perfect perfect weight, perfect height, right over the outstretched arm of the keeper into the, the bottom corner of the net. And suddenly, out of nowhere, it's 1-1. It's 1-1, and, and it, man, it feels good. I think my favorite part was seeing his wife's Instagram. Did you see this? Oh, I missed this, no. Dude, it was her reaction to watching the goal. And I think they were in D.C. for their game the next mm-hmm. day. So they were on, like, some kind of therapy tables or something like that, uh, her and her teammates. And she just lays back, and she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I am so hot right now. And I was like, oh, shit. Roger's going to get it. It was, <laughs> it was the best, dude. She was uh, very happy for him and very impressed by him, I'm sure. I mean, it was great individual effort, just perfect, yeah. left foot. Like, And how many times have we seen Roger take a shot from distance and – it goes 85 yards over the net because he just yeah. fires it off out of the stadium. But He's not a guy that should score goals. He's not the goal scorer on the team. He has two this year, for God's sakes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, But to see it, to see him have that caliber to do it, he's an asset, man. He's that bulldog on your team, that guy you want. You know, rest in peace to his bulldog. But he's that guy you want on your team, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's a huge momentum boost, even though, you know, Sporting KC over the course of this game – only had 35% possession. We had six shots to 16 for Montreal. Three shots on goal to five. Like, this is almost the opposite type game that Sporting KC normally plays. Yeah. Um, if you look at the expected goals, Montreal had 1.9 to Sporting KC's 0.5. I mean, this is this was a game that, you know, Montreal statistically dominated. And how many times have we seen Sporting KC be on the side of, of, of this type of game that Montreal found themselves on where, where you dominated possession, you dominated shots, you dominated XG, all this stuff, and yet somehow some team came into your home stadium, pulled off some shenanigans, and, and walked out of there with three points. Do you see how many corner kicks they had? Uh, let's see here. Quite It was quite a 12-1. 12 to 1. <laughs> I didn't know it was that one. lopsided. Dude, I just remember I, I that they kept having corner after corner, and I was like, have we had one? Have we had a single corner kick? <laughs> and and we know Sporting KC defending corner kicks this year. Not something that we're great at. Not great, dude. Very sketchy, but it worked out for us. So It did. And so you go into halftime and it's 1-1. And, and suddenly, instead of being like, here we go again, early goal, giving up, this team can't do it. You know, We have zero come from behind wins at this point in the year. We have no wins against an Eastern Conference opponent at this point in the year. And we're like... You know, going into the half down zero to one, it's vastly different than one one. And suddenly you're like, okay, we can get a result out of this instead of being like we're still playing from behind. And and you know they came out in the second half, controlled the ball at at times, and then Kyrie gets the ball. There's a little bit of a misplay by Montreal defender that um, off of a throw in, and and then Kyrie basically gets set up with the ball down the right side and. Takes a good first touch, sees a bunch of open space in the middle of the field, and, and and this is a really smart play because he doesn't necessarily know who's coming to get the ball. He just sees wide open green space at the penalty spot, and he trusts his teammates. This is when that chemistry really comes into play, where he he knows if I put this ball back there, and my teammates are doing what they should, somebody should be crashing the box from the midfield and be able to pick up the, this loose ball there. And sure enough, 
It's exactly what Remy Voltaire does. And he comes flying in off the TV screen and just first time off his left foot with power right past the keeper. 2-1 Sporting KC in the 63rd minute. And suddenly, Sporting KC are in control. Great time, man. Great time. If he if he didn't get that, the defender was damn near about to take him down in the box. Like, did you see the defender slide at it but kind of pulled back? Like, yeah. Excellent defensive uh, uh, awareness, though, to know, like, I'm not going to get it, so I need to pull back. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing uh, that Sporting KC, I think, has just not been great about this year, is just put the ball into dangerous spots in the box and see what yeah. happens. And that's exactly what Kyrie did there. He waits it well. Uh, Voltaire goes for it. He either gets on it and scores a goal like he did. He yeah. could get a rebound, and you never know what happens off of a rebound. Or he could draw a penalty kick. Or Numerous things could happen that all could be good for Sporting KC. You just have to put the ball in dangerous spots, and that's what they've been missing this yep. year. Just like so. basketball, dude, there always needs to be a trailer. There always needs to be someone crashing the box or, or crashing the lane mm-hmm. you know, to get that uh, you know, put, back, put back in. And, and he did that, dude. He, he ran. He's so fast. Voltaire's real fast. I wouldn't say he's the fastest guy on the team because Caden Pierre is probably going to whoop everyone on that. I think he even. I think he was even on a on a press conference and he said as much. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I don't think anyone can beat me. I was like, damn, you, you spicy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I mean, I think the most positive thing you can take from this game is that okay, they went down one zero, which is not positive, but they didn't panic. And how many times have we seen what what feels like this team almost panicking or? Not giving up, but just like they sort of lose themselves and the, and, and they lose the game plan. And they didn't Early do that. Goal this time. Was a little easy to come back from because it was 13th minute. So it's like you know, there's a lot of freaking game. Let's get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. as fans, it's like ah shit. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I mean, that's kind of what I was like. Oh, here we go again. That's not great. Uh, Gotta have faith, man. Gotta have it. Yeah. So you know. Overall, I mean, Peter said Roger was the man of the match, and, and I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, he was out there busting his butt. Um, go vote for goal of the week because team of the week, they set him on the bench. How dare you? Well, and this and even Roger, they asked him. He goes, you know, on, on Sporting's recent run of performances versus the win today, and he was like, you know, this year I've been able to watch a lot of games from the outside because he's not getting as much playing time. He says, watching our team, a lot of times we've actually played very well. I've been telling a lot of the younger guys that they're doing well and it's a matter of time before results go our way. We've seen a lot of good things in each game. If you're able to watch the game and evaluate the game, you'll see that not everything is bad. Sometimes you don't win, but if you evaluate the game, you see the positives in each game. And I think he's, you know, maybe putting a little bit too much of a positive spin on some of these things, but he's also not wrong because so much of the bad results, at least, if, you know, some of the bad defensive mistakes that Sporting KC have made have been direct results of mental errors or self-inflicted wounds, bad giveaways. That's losing... what Kyrie said last week, dude. He's like, we're doing it to ourselves. Right. Losing your, your man. Now, the offense, that's a little bit of a different story. I don't think it's all necessarily self-inflicted wounds as to why you're not necessarily getting these multi-goal performances. I think that's a little bit more of a complicated answer. But that's where my frustration with the defense on this team really started to come into play after this this opening goal for Montreal, is I was like... How many times are we going to watch our center backs lose a man in the box? How many times do we have to see somebody get a free header in the box that results in Melia trying to make a last-second dive and he can't quite get there? Those things keep happening, and those are mental errors. But if you cannot correct them, then you got to put somebody else in. And and right for me, honestly, if I'm being honest about our defense, 
I'm at the point, as much as I think he's a nice guy, I think Andreu Fontes' one good year is the outlier compared to the other years he's been here. I don't sure. think he can justify a million-dollar salary. And I like flashes of what I see in EC's game. I don't think his performances on the field have justified his million-dollar salary either. So you're so, saying start start Kave Rod and uh, and Robert Volader. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying for this year because Volader has had some shocking performances this year as well. I, I don't know that the future of Sporting KC at center back is on this roster currently in terms of a tandem. We're almost to the All-Star game, and if this week pans out, man, if we get points in Minnesota and Salt Lake, if it's just t- draws, I, I don't know how I'll feel. But if it's victories and we take home nine points from a three-game road trip, I'm I'm going to be speechless. I don't, I don't know where we're going to go from here. I, I don't know. <laughs> we could be very much in the playoff conversation. It's crazy. Right. So tonight we have Minnesota on national TV, ESPN, 7 p.m. National Central Time. Television. And then Ooh. on Sunday, uh, it's uh, 8.30 p.m., a later kick, Salt Lake. Um, I think the current play at home at, at 6. It's perfect, dude. It's going to so, get over at 8. I'm going to get home at 8.30. It's going to be great. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be just in time for a little doubleheader there. It's going to uh, be current. 99 degrees, so everything sucks. Aren't the current, by the way, in the midst of like a six-game winning streak? Six-game unbeaten streak. Is it unbeaten? I thought it was winning, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it's un. I don't think it's winning, but uh, I, I gotta look that up now. You should look it up, and they're very fun. And I don't know why you don't like to support women's sports. Um, I you do. Should come out there sometime. <laughs> I'm gonna be there on Sunday, actually. You're like, I will punch you in the face. Where are you gonna sit? Where are you going? I don't know. A friend of mine bought tickets, so. Oh, well, I appreciate you letting me know. Good stuff. I, well, it just happened late last night. Oh, just happened while we we're on the yeah. podcast. Apparently, you're right. It you is know. unbeaten. It you is a six-game daily. <laughs> it is a six-game unbeaten streak, but they've won four of those six games. You could have told me this when I texted you at five thirty in the morning, and said, I was hey, not awake. Well, I probably shouldn't text you that early. <laughs> it's, well, I got sleep mode on, so it is not uncommon <laughs> for me in to sleep mode. Listen to you. It is not uncommon for me to wake up and see that I have a text from you from like two and a half hours earlier. That's pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm always up getting it done. Well, let me, God dang it, let me know where you're at. I probably won't I come see you because it's too hot to move. Yeah, no, I, I don't know where. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know where, where the seats are, but I'll, I'll let you know as soon as I find out. Um, cool, cool. But I mean, okay, so we got Minnesota, actually. Huh? Oh, sorry, it's gonna be 91 degrees yeah, well, on Sunday. Good okay, time. A little better. Um, Minnesota. It's an, oh, by the way, Rogers' goal. Before we move on. I think, like, if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, you still have until, I think, 11 a.m. Central Time to go on oh, yeah. MLS Twitter and vote for Rogers' goal for goal of the week. Go vote. Or so, MLSsoccer.com. Does it have to be Twitter? Can it be anywhere? Uh, on MLSsoccer.com, they just redirect you to Twitter. Oh, okay. Like, they embed the tweet in their story. But you can get there that way. Because as of right now, Roger is leading the pack with 34.2% of the vote, just ahead of Andre Shinyashiki, who has 32% of the vote. So, we'll see. I, I hope, you know, you got to hope even the neutrals are, are voting for, for Rods. You know what I mean? People that don't have a horse in the race. Because yeah. Charlotte's, Charlotte's guy was leading. And I'm like, God damn Charlotte fans. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, tonight, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota won 2-1 to one in a comeback win last year on Halloween. Um, they came back and and uh, they were goal down. Ended up beating Vancouver three to one on Friday. Obviously, we're coming off of a two to one win. Um, they're they're a, lot a pretty of momentum for both squads right now. 
they're a pretty decent side. They're in they're in sixth place, twenty seven points on on nineteen games played. Um, Emmanuel Reynoso is a very talented player, so this is definitely not an easy game. It is technically uh, our first game as part of Heineken Rivalry Week because we're still doing that, I guess, where we pretend that we're super big rivals with Minnesota. But uh, I mean, if we Honestly, if we get a draw against Minnesota and a draw against RSL and we come out of a three-game road stretch with five points, I think that is a positive. If we win just one of these next two games and can get six points out of this, I'm ecstatic. If you get six points out of these three games, I mean, that's that's all you can ask for on a three-game road stretch. Well, I'm telling you, the confidence has to be heightened, like through the roof. I think they're just so excited to go to Canada and steal some points from an Eastern Conference team, and then coming to what has, re- you know, lately it's been a very chippy couple of games with this Minnesota team. So, mm-hmm. a little worried about that. They still got Ozzy Alonso on there uh, doing things? I think so. Because he's, uh, he's a frustrating individual. Right? Is he still there? I mean, I'm I, trying to look. Probably not. I'm not. I'm on no, he's in Atlanta, Atlanta. I was going to say, I think he went to Atlanta. Okay. Either way, man, This these guys, the, Abu Dhanladi's a big deal. Michael Boxall, great defender. So it's going to be, it could get chippy. So be it's on not the an easy for that. One. National TV for the nicest rivalry in sports, we're calling it. <laughs> well, and it's going to be a little bit more difficult because Roger Espinoza out because of yellow card accumulation. He wasn't going to start anyways, I don't think. Well, I mean, it's just going to make it that much harder. We still have Eric Tommy and William Agata listed as out pending immigration, although uh, Peter Vermees said um, on Tuesday that, quote, we have some movement and are hoping to learn more today. So that would have been Tuesday. There's nothing new, at least as of the time of this recording, on Agata and Tommy. We have some movement. They've boarded the plane. (laughs) Um, So we'll see. Probably not going to be here for RSL, that would mean either. So maybe LAFC? <laughs> First yeah, maybe. games against LAFC and Gareth Bale? We'll see. I, I really think uh, I think Roger probably would have come off the bench on Wednesday anyways. Um, I think Cam would probably get the start because he only played like 10 minutes on Saturday. Yeah. So uh, tonight I bet, I bet we're all right, man. Give Roger a break. The dude ran all over the place for 82 minutes on Saturday. So, so you got, what, a front three of uh... – Johnny, Kyrie, and Daniel. Unchanged. Yeah. And then Remy, Uri, and, and Cam in the midfield. Maybe even Felipe and Cam. Or, I mean, honestly, I'm done with Uri. Put, for me, put Remy, Felipe, and Cam in there, and I'd rather see that in the midfield. And then Felipe's uh, got that speed, too, man. He's probably one of the hardest workers on the team. Uh, the kid's really trying to make a name for himself, you know? Yeah, and then the back line, I'm, I'm guessing Pierre, Isi, Fontas, and Ndenbe. Well, or Zussi. Uh, I could see Zussi. Zussi's questionable. Okay. Uh, Courtney Ford's listed as questionable with a head injury slash concussion protocol. Zussi's listed so as questionable with a quad injury. Here's the bummer. Denbe's back though. And Denbe is not on the injury report. Um, well, I meant he uh, he didn't play last game. I think oh, it was. Yeah. I think this with this road trip, man, he's trying to juggle and and. I think he'll start. Out. I think Denbe starts on uh, tonight. Yeah. And then, uh, but Tim Melia. He's listed on the injury report as, as questionable with a shoulder injury. And then um, interesting. Daniel Sperry had tweeted out on Tuesday that it sounds like a game day decision for Melia. He tweaked his shoulder on the save he made late in the game against Montreal. Okay, you know what? So start Pulse Camp. 
if it doesn't go well for us in the game, then you're getting him some some good minutes leading up to his uh, potential Open Cup semifinal. Pulse Camp's not uh, been so, bad, you know. So I'm I'm you know I don't I don't not trust Pulse Camp. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. It could go any sort of way tonight, and it could go any sort of way Sunday. But um, Minnesota's good. Salt Lake is even better. Salt Lake is in third place in the West right now. 30 points on 19 games. Yeah. So these are two crucial, crucial games. You absolutely have to get some points out of each of these games. Like I said, I'd be happy if we won just one because then we get six points. But it almost would be better to draw both of them than win one and and lose another one because at least you prevent the uh, one of those teams then from getting a full three points. Um, Minnesota and Salt Lake just played a couple weekends ago, and it was a 3-2 game. Uh, Salt Lake is on the road against Atlanta um, tonight. So, you know, they have to come back from a road trip. So, I don't know. It's uh, They're both going to be very good games. You know, the logical person in me says that Sporting will probably lose both of them. But the hopeful well. person in me says that they can get results. Not really logical, Jimmy. That's because uh, you're being pessimistic. So, <laughs> knock it off. Well, quit spending too much time on Twitter. The empirical evidence from this season says that the I empir- should be pessimistic about Sporting KC this hey, year. Hey, don't say empirical. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, well, let's. Uh, what is that from? Is that from Infinity War when he's like, "Don't call us plucky. We don't know what it means." <laughs> <laughs> let's get to uh, to some of the questions slash thoughts. This year or, or this week from uh, from our listeners, um, SKC supporter says, "I'm not sold on the Ndenbe shallowy pairing, but my God, Ben Sweat sucks at defense. The oh, goals we give really? up are just emotionally draining. As horrible of a season it's been, it's truly amazing how much parity there is in MLS. It's unbelievable we are still alive for the playoffs. So, I mean, it's it's nice that we're still alive, and I." I will say Ben Sweat had one of his best games against Union Omaha. And well. granted, that's a lower level <laughs> team. But I just remember seeing him getting up in the attack and I was like, who is this son of a bitch? Like, this is amazing. And uh, then you put him in MLS and it's, you know, the speed is a little bit different. And uh, I don't know, man. It's worrisome over there. But yeah. I think Ndinbe's the answer right now. He's got the speed. Him yeah. and Shally don't click all the time, though. Like, when these overlapping runs, they're like, are you going to go? Am I, I'm going to go? You go? Me go? And that still just takes time. They're still learning each other. It's their first season. I, I think For that's sure. a – I don't think there's anything wrong with that pairing. I think they'll learn over time, and, and, and they'll get better. So I'd much rather see in, in Denbe there. Um, Anthony Martinez says, who is the MVP of this team so far, and why is it Remy Voltaire? Ha! Um, I, honestly, I think it's hard to actually pick an MVP – of the team right now yeah i mean there's been like there's been like sections right like this past game i'm like it's roger it's absolutely roger but it's like uh you know johnny's doing things when he scores freaking free kicks and i don't know man that's the thing is like there's really no there's no one person who like over a consistent period of time has been like oh that is the player I mean, I think Remy has has a case for it. Johnny has a case for it. Um, it's probably Voltaire. 
I mean, it probably yeah. is. That makes it might be by default. I had to pick one. But that's the thing. I think it's more by default. I don't actually I, think it's like uh It could change. It could. Like, Jolly but, but, could go off. Sure. But there's nothing in me that's like... I mean, Voltaire's one of our best midfielders right now, and, and, and that's great, but it's just he can't play all three positions. I so. just want to verify with you. You are sick. You have not given up on the team. Because <laughs> you do sound like, yeah, whatever, I'm done. I am, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't given up. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you look at um, Smith of Snow, he, he ran some stats here, and and I think this is based on the last few years. He has a 48 point projected playoff line. I, I don't know exactly where he got that, but that's probably somewhere between 47 and 50 points is probably about right. Sporting has earned 19 points through 20 games. If we wanted to get to that 48-point line, we'd have to get 29 points in the last 14 games. That's 2.1 points per game. So there, there is literally no room for error. It's win every home game, and it's draw every road game. Ah, stop. You're stressing me out, man. You're stressing me out. Just Let's give it time. We'll see what happens. That can always change, too, if people above you start losing. Um, it'd be nice if we could if we could lock down a Gareth Bale. Uh, you know, it'd be, if we could get someone like that, I hear Cristiano Ronaldo is looking for a new team. Uh, I'm sure he'll still come piece, to Kansas City. He's still a piece of crap? Yes. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, Pacific Northwest SKC supporters say, uh, can we request bonus points for that win? I wish. Uh, you know, yeah. because of the exchange rate. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> I think that's how that works. Um, and he goes, also, Ilya is an all-star. Sporting has had no luck at the six this year. That's fun and not depressing in any way at all. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> I don't think it is. It doesn't sound like it is. Yeah. Uh, dude, it, yeah. I mean, it, we talked about that a little bit, but I, I do miss Ilya. One, because he's the nicest guy, and I never did get my hug and a kiss on the cheek from him. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll we, would it be weird to reach out to him or LAFC and, like, have him back on the podcast? Is that weird? No, I mean, I don't think it's it's weird, necessarily. I, I don't think... know what we talk about other than like, hey, we know we're best friends and everything. We, <laughs> we never, we never did barbecue. get that barbecue. How's the barbecue in L.A.? I know it's bad. Yeah, how, how's the how's the cost of living, you schmuck? <laughs> Are you secretly there on a mission from Peter Vermees to save Latif and bring him back home? Yeah, that's another thing. Something real sad with Latif right now, how he hasn't seen his family in so many years. Oh, man. Which is just bonkers, dude. It's tough, but I don't know. Uh, Connor Bateman said, uh, good to grind out a win. Roger stepped up and had a tremendous game. Need someone to step up against Minnesota. I'd throw Kyrie on the wing and let Russell or Shallowy play center forward. Since we don't have the new signings here, it doesn't hurt to try it. I, uh, I, I, saw you, I saw you said that, Connor. I, I saw that today, and I, I don't see that happening at all. Not one bit. I, I think Kyrie's the guy in the middle because Johnny and Daniel like to go at people. You know, They really like to take them on on the wing like that. Yeah, I think so. I, I guess my question, and this is sort of the question that's kind of on everybody's mind in, in some way, and, and it's a little confusing, is do we need to, uh, to put out a missing persons report from Marinos Janis? Like, what what in the world did he do to make Peter mad that he simply just is nowhere in sight to get a start? He must just not be... I think it's an effort thing, man. I think Peter has kind of alluded to it, like... He has. 
Like he's not really running back on defense or whatever. Sure, he creates a little on offense, but Peter needs that effort, man. Watch, watch Kyrie. This is one of the biggest reasons Kyrie still starts mm-hmm. is because even if the ball goes back to the keeper, Kyrie is sprinting mm-hmm. to, to maybe make the keeper mess up. Which I get. I hope it happens one of these days. I hope Kyrie makes him take a bad touch and Kyrie just takes it and slots it home. I, I, I get the, the work rate point. I'm, I, I totally get it. My counter would be at some point, what you're trying isn't getting the results that you want. And now it worked against Montreal, but like unmasked this year, it hasn't gotten you the results. So like maybe Janice isn't giving you the effort you want in practice, but the results aren't happening in the real game. So wouldn't you at least try something and see if it works better? I'm not saying that's a good thing to do to reward somebody's lack of effort, but just like it does feel like it, you know, we got a result against Montreal. So we know what Peter does when he gets results. He doesn't change things. So he's not going to change anything in the attack. We, we scored two goals. What do you want? Uh, sure. Well, we're not going to have Roger to score a 44-yard goal this game. So uh, I don't know. But that's about all that I think I have in terms of uh, SKC-related stuff. I'm just happy we got a victory pod, man. It's, uh, it's, nice. it's been too long. Our first road win of the year, first win against an Eastern Conference team of the year. Well, and Kyrie said... Or not first road know, win, first come from behind win. Right. Uh, exactly, because we had that win at Nashville. Nashville, yeah. But uh, Connor said, you know, someone needs to step up, right? And uh, I, I don't know, man. If I had to guess, Kyrie's due to step up, right? He is overdue. And I just... Sorry, sorry for sounding cocky, but I got a lot of mojo that okay. I maybe transferred on to him. That's transference. It might have worked out. There you know. go. It's the the coup's transference. Yeah, I'm just, you know, be goofy with it. Just just think good <laughs> vibes, man, because then when it freaking happens, then you toot your own horn and you feel good. <laughs> Chip Colmia asked a question, and this isn't Sporting KC, but it is interesting. Uh, oh. He says, with the announcement of Wayne Rooney as the new D.C. United head coach, how do you two feel about that selection? Well, I certainly don't have a hard-on like MLS does. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, that's not ex- surprising. Extra time is just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wayne Rooney is back. And it's like, let's relax. Okay. Uh, DC just lost by, like, a touchdown. So. <laughs> yeah, it was 5-0 at half against Philly for DC. Yeah. And I was like, does Wayne Rooney really want to do this? And they lost 7-1? Is uh, that right? I think it was the final score, yeah. Yeah. So that's insane. Uh, why why would Wayne Rooney want to come, you know, sign a deal and be like, oh, your team sounds great. I'd like to be there. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. In, in your nation's capital. Sounds like a great time. I, I, you know, my vote doesn't matter in that city, but I can smoke pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think this is a long-term hire. That's what I think is interesting. This is like a one or two season thing. I mean, Wayne Rooney was just, you know, in up for potentially wanting to coach Manchester United. He was over in Derby, was it Derby County? I think over in the Championship, he was coaching. Everton tried to hire him as their manager, and he apparently said no, thank you. So that's a great <laughs> feeling. I'd rather coach DC United than Everton, um, the team that I'm supposedly the you know my boyhood team and everything. I started with them. And went, no, thank you. I'd rather go, you know, coach in you know at DC it, United, weird, right? But, like Everton probably would have paid him more. Absolutely. So I don't. It's I not think. a money thing. It's just and you I'd get to like... live in England. That's what's so weird. 
according to Pablo Moore, uh, his wife, you know, Wayne Rooney's wife and children are going to be staying in the UK while he coaches in DC and they'll visit while they can. So this is, uh, oh, that's good. Cause Zach Wilson's right around the corner. Uh, you don't want to <laughs> you have your wife around. Um, <laughs> you hear that shit? That is I did, those yeah. jokes, man. Yeah. Um, but I just, I can't imagine that. I know he played for DC for whatever it was a year or two or, or whatever, but DC is not the end game for Wayne Rooney. He wants to yeah. coach Manchester United. He wants to coach a big English Premier League team. I just remember oh. his amazing rundown and tackle of that ball and then uh, an assist from midfield. Like, that was just epic. Like, that is forever in my brain. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, when he was when he was with DC, you remember right. this? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. I could replay it. I know exactly, like, what yep. side of the field it was on. It was just amazing. There are two goals in my mind that do that. It's that one and the Zlatan one, his first goal for the Galaxy against LAFC. Oh, yeah, for sure. The volley from midfield. Um, that, that Roger goal may have imprinted on me, though. Like, that's that's going to be – I'll remember that for a bit. Uh, it is interesting uh, because uh, Pablo Mar is also digging around on uh, whether DC United followed the league's diversity protocols for new coaching hires. And they claim they followed the league process and the league is reviewing all the paperwork that they submitted and whatnot. But this very much feels like they knew exactly who they wanted to hire and – nobody was going to change their minds and i don't think being british qualifies as satisfying the diversity requirement so we'll see but dc united uh, has hired wayne rooney uh 36 year old uh, former epl superstar uh wayne <laughs> and i'm not one to talk but wayne doesn't look like he's in the same shape he was in his playing days no he looks like he went and uh had a couple rough coaching seasons because uh, <laughs> now his uh, his beard's all gray and stuff, and he's put on a couple pounds. And it's funny, like oh, it, rem- man. it reminds me of like obviously we we watched Wayne Rooney. We we grew up watching Wayne Rooney in a lot of ways through our young you know our our adolescence and, and young adulthood. Sure. Um, but you know, twenty thirty years from now, if he's still a coach, if he's you know a little older, a little more overweight or whatnot, he's going to be that guy that the young kids look at and be like. That guy played? There's no way that guy played. He, he couldn't have been good. Hey, man, he's just been stressed. He's been stressed out, all right? When I when I moved home from Chicago, I was like, am I getting gray hairs? Like, is that right. happening because I'm stressed? But, I mean, you look at Adrian Heath. He's not one that you'd look at right now and be like, oh, that guy was a good player. He played for Everton for a long time. That's true. He <laughs> looks like he's real big into, like, stocks and, uh, like, secret sex islands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when Everton announced their, I mean, because they're coming to play Minnesota in a friendly in Minnesota in a week or so, um, when they announced it, they were like, to play Everton legend Adrian Heath. And it's just funny, because I don't think of him that way. I mean, he's obviously before my time, but... Yeah, it's just kind of weird. So, and then lastly, uh, MLS All-Star rosters were released, and no surprise, there are no Sporting KC players on the roster. Hey, Uh, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. I'm tired of losing players to a meaningless game when the season's kind of on the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we need everyone right now. So, hey, take your Jordan Morris. Take him. Take your take your uh, uh, Carlos Vela. Don't need him. Like, say, maybe he gets hurt in that game. I don't know. Could happen. A, a lot of uh, Seattle, a lot of LAFC, a yeah. lot of LA Galaxy. Works you know, for me. Some FC Those Dallas Those are the top freaking clubs in the league, man. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, a couple of Nashville players. Um, 
I'm okay with no sporting players being in there just because yeah. I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want them to have to play. Um, so it's it's fine. But I hope we didn't vote for any of our players. I don't know. <laughs> Does that sound bad? I know we said it last year or whatever year we lost like three players, and I was like, why would we do that? Why? You know, vote all Seattle players in. Give them Rui Diaz. Give them Jordan Morris. Give them uh, freaking uh, whoever their goalkeeper is I'm blanking on right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stefan Fry. Stefan Fry. I about said Zach Stefan. Very close. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So we'll see. Um, the only other, I guess, mildly interesting news around the league, other than Gareth Bale, has has arrived and, and will start soon uh, for LAFC. He's got a big face. It's a really big face. <laughs> Is like uh, Ted Danson size. He does, yeah. Um, Jesse Lingard, former Man United player. He's uh, apparently drawing attention from MLS clubs. And it's also interesting because apparently Everton and West Ham also want Jesse Lingard. So it'll feel real great if not only our coaches turning down Everton to come to MLS, but also players who are still in their 20s are turning down Everton to come to MLS. But well, uh, Probably go to LA Galaxy or something. You know, the rich get richer over there. That's the thing. It'd be great to have an attacking midfielder of Jesse Lingard's quality on a team like Sporting Kansas City. I just How do you sell that? If you're a scout, how do you sell us to him? You can't right now. Yeah, I, I think know. it's impossible. I you, mean, you, you show him videos from like championship years and he's like, "Oh, that's you guys." You're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "From this year?" And you're like, "No." You have to be <laughs> atop the the table, I think. Like sure, we got the world's, you know, the league's best training facility. Okay. Yeah. Or, or or you could go to Miami and and spend your days on South Beach. Like you could go to New York sure. City and, and and live in New York City. You can go play for the Galaxy and, and live in LA. Or you can go Or do you go sell it as, "Hey, we're we're not great right now, but you could get us there." Like we can I we believe that you could turn this team around. I mean, I don't think we have the DP spot. I think we could buy someone down if we needed to, but the literally yeah. the only way that you're doing that is if you like you have to pay a Kansas City tax. If someone's yeah. offering him five million a year, you have to say we'll pay you eight million a year, and hope yeah. that he is willing to to do that. No, it's insane. We'll we'll never see uh, big name players like that. Alan Polito is probably the biggest that yeah. we'll see for a bit, and we haven't seen him for a while. So, yeah, you mean to tell me that dude's not going to play by the end of the year? You mean to I'm tell hoping. me we don't see Polito, dude? I'm hoping we'll see. Could happen. So we'll, if we're we'll close, see. dude, if we're on the smidge of the playoff line and it's like play Polito, he's a hundred percent or don't, I think you're playing him. Uh, yeah, probably. If he's good to go, if he's, but it's gotta be a hundred. I'm it's not talking be 100%, like he's a nine out of 10. And we got to have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. He's just, I'm sorry. It, it floored me. He posted a video of him sprinting up these concrete steps. <laughs> and I was like, Alan, be careful. Like, it, <laughs> Please don't was, hurt yourself. I was so worried about him. And uh, I was just like, well, you're running upstairs all fast. I'm going to go do a workout now. feeling pretty bad about myself. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I haven't officially given up hope on this year. I just, I'm, I'm also not very hopeful. <laughs> so. For what? For Alan or for the, to the no, team? No, for the team. I don't like that, Jimmy. I don't, dude. You can just go back to Florida. You come in here <laughs> with your sickness and your negative energy. I just what? Because we've only won five games. That's why you're down. Come on. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll do what we can. But we I'm excited. Lost eleven. So that's yes. upsetting. I'm excited to see what happens against Minnesota tonight. I'm hopeful, not necessarily expecting, but I'm hopeful that we can get a it's result. Gonna get bad. I think so. Johnny's gonna get hot, man. Little midweek, like he's gonna get fired up. He's gonna punch Adrian Heath in the face. Could happen. Everton legend. 
He's like, that's for not inviting me to your secret sex island. Yeah. He, no, uh, I brought it back. He does look like he has some weird offshore accounts that he doesn't want people to know about. Definitely some offshore accounts. See, I, I watched a freaking uh, a freaking uh, documentary about Ghislaine Maxwell. So now uh, these well, freaking... That's why it's on your mind. It's on my mind. Not in like a weird way, but like, holy <laughs> shit, that's a thing. Like, it's so yeah. crazy. These people live lives that we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah absolutely bonkers that's i was like is that a scene from like an assassin's creed video game where you have to like <laughs> you know infiltrate those weird illuminati right. parties it's yeah it's crazy have you ever done uh, in new york city um it, it's a uh, an immersive performance that you kind of are a part of called sleep no more have you heard of this no it's uh, i've done it once you did like the illuminati parties it, it reminded me of it so it's on a multi-story building they just started doing them after the pandemic it's a it's a loose sort of interpretation of Hamlet. Um, there's also a little bit of Hitchcocky and stuff that are in there. It's no talking throughout the performance. All the guests wear masks, and so you go in and you're all wearing like one of those old weird looking like white masks, got a big long nose or whatnot. Oh, you're, you're not, a long nose because you're the you're the doctor. You're not allowed to talk, and you're sitting there and you're watching the performers, and it all starts in one room. And it's, and it's, there's music and there's stuff going on, but they're not talking and they're doing their thing. But then the performers break off and it's like a five story building and they all go to different parts and you are free to roam for the entire two hours, wherever you want to throughout the building. You could follow individual performers for the whole time. You could roam around or whatnot. It's this totally immersive performance that you're a part of that. It's like the craziest thing I've ever, it's very cool. But you said mask and Illuminati reminded me of that. So, so you're time, like in the play. Yeah, essentially. Like there was one time I was following a dude, and and he goes into this little side room, and it's like me and one other guest were following it, and the guy closes the door, and it's just him and us two in this room, and he's like doing all this stuff, and what you thinking stuff? What stuff? Like part of the performance, like the, there was a light like that what? was like swinging, and he was like doing like these like dance type stuff, and he's like swinging the light, and the lights are going off and on, and you got a secret dance? Yeah. So <laughs> usually you got to pay extra for that. I didn't shit. have to do that. But it, it's you're it's, in the champagne room. It's uh, <laughs> it's impossible to describe adequately unless you do it. But next time you're in New York City, you'd love it because you're it into like horrifying. performances and stuff. It's a little creepy, but it's not scary. You said when you said the two of you were in there and this dude just shuts the door, I'd be like, nope, mask off. I'm a person. Like I'm out of here. I mean, you, you they tell you ahead of time like there's a possibility that it might be you and a performer who end up in a room together or whatnot. So That's you so know weird. these are possibilities, but it's so you, it's really and you cool. You can leave at any time, probably like an escape room. You could. I mean, there's there's like an exit. Yeah, if you really yeah, want. Yeah, they can't to, keep you there. Obviously. Get, no, you're not locked in, but like you won't yeah. want to. Like you're just enthralled because you literally you can just wander around and you just happen you into a room. I did it four years ago, five years ago. No, why? How come? A friend of mine has done it multiple times. And he was like, and we went to New York City, and he was like, you got to do sleep no more. It's really cool. And so we did it. I was like, I've never done anything like this. Very cool. Next time you're in New York, go see it. That's like a secret sex party. It's not a sex party. That wasn't a thing. I'm not that interested then. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds wild. Did you have the long nose one, like a medic? Yeah. You're the doctor? If you Google, like, sleep no more mask, you'll see the type of thing that you're wearing. But you don't all have long noses, right? Because that could be weird to bonk into each other. No, all the guests have the same mask. You all have long noses? Yes. It's part well, of the aesthetic. Weird. That's too many doctors in one room. That's <laughs> too much. So, it's wow. fun. Next we time you're in something today. New York, crazy. check out Sleep No More. So. God dang. But, yeah. anywho, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got, man. We didn't even uh, really get into, 
you know, RSL this weekend, but I think it'll be similar of a challenge to Minnesota tonight. I think so. it'll be even tougher, honestly, because we're going to be on yeah. even less rest coming off of it's our third game on a three-game road streak. And uh, But aren't uh, they also playing uh, Wednesday night? I think Against Atlanta. I think damn near every team is playing Wednesday yeah. night. They're on the road in Atlanta, but I just – RSL's good, man. So we'll see. We'll but, see indeed. Well, 7 o'clock ESPN tonight. Tonight. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Couser, at JCMac03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod, or shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Leave us that five-star rating and review. We'll read it, and uh, even if it's bad, but we prefer the good ones. So uh, And check out our merch store, bit.ly.com slash NoOtherPod. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Stick to sports. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.